We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everybody. It's Melissa, one of your Midwest Mamas here. We are so excited to bring you the conversation we had with Manda Carpenter. Manda is an author, she's an influencer, and she's also a foster mama to little ones. And so we're so excited to share this conversation with you. Um, This conversation just really hit home with me as my husband and I are experiencing um, just what it means to be foster parents. It's an experience um, just like no other. And so we we're really excited to find someone who also is going through the foster experience and just share just kind of their ups and downs and just the journey that brought her to where she is today. And so Manda has um, poured into thousands of women just by speaking to others, creating a devotional called Space, something that I'm going through right now, and just kind of really living by the motto of impressing is exhausting and just kind of being transparent with everyone that she comes across with foster care and just she is honest and raw and it was just a really great conversation and so we're so appreciative of her coming on we can't wait for you to listen and without further ado here is manda carpenter Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited you're here. Today on the show, we have Manda Carpenter. Can you say hi, Manda? Hi, guys. So, Manda, for those of you, um, like for those of our listeners who might not know about you yet, can you just share a little bit about you, just where you came from, who you are, what you and your family do, so just kind of your background? Sure. Yeah. I live in Chicago with my husband and our three foster children. They're all boys. And I am a writer, speaker, and advocate. So I spend my days um, writing and working on um, a book and content creation and and various different projects. I speak a lot um, at women's events and other things specifically related to foster care a lot, but um, a variety of things. And then advocate, um, that again, I feel like I said foster care already a couple of times, but I do a lot of advocating, um, for biological families, for foster care children. Um, I get to work, I do part-time work with our agency. Um, so just a kind of hodgepodge of things all related to each other. Wow. Yeah. You sound busy. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I am probably the least busy I've ever been. And I think it's because I feel like I've said no to a lot and really gotten my life to a place where I'm only saying yes to the things that I feel like are my best yes, the things that I should be saying yes to. And so oddly, my days often don't start. It's not like I work like a traditional eight to five or nine to five. And so it's just, it's, yeah, it's been such a gift. I've only been fully working for myself since January. So it hasn't even been a full year yet. And it's been such a gift. I absolutely love it. I love being my own boss. I love employing people. And that's just been, yeah, super, super fun. That's awesome. And so you're a foster mom, which is so cool. And I know Melissa has um, started that as well. And so she has a lot of connections with you. But can you tell us about um, the journey to decide, like how you decided to um, become a foster parent and um, like your passions for, for foster care? Absolutely. So 
the long story short is that when I was um, a child, I quickly um, had an experience on my seventh birthday where I had to call the police and there had to be an intervention in my own family. Um, and so wow. I, I quickly realized at a young age that not every child, not every person has a safe, stable, loving, healthy environment. And so I feel like that awareness at a young age was just um, it was just there. Um, and so mm-hmm. I definitely did not have like the perfect childhood grew up, um, getting involved a little bit with missions, specifically in the like orphan care, um, sector and loved that just felt really called to advocate and work with families and children. And then it was a non-negotiable when I began dating throughout high school and college, like just any guy I dated, like as they quickly knew me and my story, they knew like, hey, this is something I'm really passionate about. And I don't know if I'll ever have biological children, but I but I absolutely plan on being a foster parent. And so if you're going to wow. be with me, this is like a package deal, like just FYI, because I mean, I'm doing this no matter what, whether I'm married or not. But like right. if I am going to be married, it takes two to tango and you got to be a teammate in this. And so my husband and I got married. And then two years into our marriage, we finally made the decision to start the process. And so we have been fostering for the last two over two years now. And okay. we um, we love it. But I will say his journey to getting into foster care is like so different. Like he was um, raised in a wonderful home and had no prior exposure, didn't even really know there was needs. And so yeah. throughout our dating relationship, I kind of brought the awareness piece and it kind of helps equip him to educate himself. And then his passion for it all grew as those needs were basically right in our backyard as we lived in the city of Chicago where there's a ton of needs. And, yeah. you know, I tell people all the time, I think proximity was the key for him um, because it did feel like such a foreign thing to him versus for me, it felt very like, of course, this is what happens for people. This is what happened in my own family. But for him, it felt more distant and foreign. So proximity mm-hmm. and being close and seeing the needs up close and personal, like really made a difference. And so we entered into that together. Um, yeah, just a little over two years ago. Wow. Wow. I feel like starting that conversation, like with your husband, that's wonderful. Just because, I mean, I feel like people who aren't really exposed to that are unaware of the need and especially like, you know, in Chicago and right around your area. So just starting that conversation with him and getting him on board and you guys are on the same page. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's a huge gift. And one that I always remind people, like it didn't happen overnight. It definitely was a journey. And now I would say like his passion on his own separate from me is massive, you know, and like, it's just been really cool to see how God has worked in that area. So yeah, that is cool. And was there ever a point, so you said you've been fostering for two years? Yep, just over two years. Yeah, so was has there been a point up to now where you guys were kind of like, oh, what did we get ourselves into? Or let's take a break. Or like, has it been great experiences? Or like, I mean, and I, like Alexa said, like we fostered briefly um, and now we're just waiting for our, the next child. But like during that, brief time with the child like we felt so many emotions <laughs> ranging from like oh this is great to ranging to oh my goodness like what what are we doing you know like we're not prepared for this like we don't feel like you know like we're being helpful like so many emotions so I'm just wondering like you doing it having been doing it longer was there mm-hmm. ever a time where you guys 
felt like you needed to back away for a little bit or has it just been pretty consistent and no, this is definitely what we should be doing and things are going great. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And by the way, I apologize if any of (laughs) through my headphones, if above my head right now, my children are running around and my husband is trying to like keep them (laughs) quiet and entertained. I can still hear their like hooting and hollering. So if you can pick up on that, this is real life. This is my Absolutely. life. Um, yeah. boys, they're 13, 9, and 6, so it is a mm-hmm. crazy time. Mm-hmm. That's um, <laughs> and to answer your question, we haven't ever taken any real breaks. Uh, we, I guess we've taken, like, short-term breaks between placements to yeah. grieve the loss, to heal. And because I do think if you jump from placement to placement, you could be, at least for me, like, I'll, I'll just – give you a really um, real life example like we fell in love with our first placement twin three-year-old girls they were amazing mm-hmm. we thought maybe it was going to be forever you know the okay. goal of foster care is reunification until it's yep. not and yep. sometimes it, it doesn't go that way but for us all of our kids so far have been able to reunify either with their biological parents or with a with a um, biological relative so it's been mm-hmm. really beautiful and that success rate is like actually crazy. Like our ratio of like 100% so far going home is not at all close to like the state or national average. So I just think that's been really cool yeah, to yeah. be a part of. And we take a lot of pride in partnering with the parents and family as a whole. Like we really believe in fostering the whole family. And mm. has there been times where I feel like I one of us felt like, oh, this is too much or we can't do this anymore. Absolutely. We, I would say, to be honest, like currently, and so not to be too raw, but really like currently what we're in with our three boys and their family and just everything has been like a lot heavier and harder than Mm -hmm. any other case prior. And so there have been multiple, multiple times where I'm calling our caseworker and I'm like, I I can't do this anymore. Like, I feel like we're about to have a disrupted placement, which for those of you listening who don't know, like a disrupted placement is like, hey, like you got to move these kids to a new home. And you really yeah. want to avoid that because that's just another bounce right. in their journey. Right. And that's so traumatic. And like, we really want to avoid that at all costs, yeah. which is why we're super cautious with our yes on the front end so that we don't mm-hmm. have a disrupted placement. But, you know, it does happen. And, and when it does happen, I always tell people, like, don't feel ashamed. Like, it's it's hard and no one can understand unless they're in it. And so yeah. we, we haven't had that happen yet, but we have definitely come close with our current reality. It's been really hard because we are not just doing traditional foster care anymore. We actually do specialized foster care. So again, for those of you who are listening, who might not know, we only foster children in the system who have basically been quote unquote unsuccessful in the traditional model. So our children come wow. to us straight from the psych ward or a group home and like, they are not new to foster care. They've usually been in the system for a year, if not more, and they've, quote unquote, been unsuccessful. And so that is how we have our three boys right now. And wow. special foster care, no, like when you get into it, it's basically like, okay, there's all these needs. Are you ready to take the kid that like so far no one's been able to keep? Like, are you willing to try it? Because we really do believe at the end of the day that all children deserve a loving family to grow up with they don't need to grow up in a psych ward and like our oldest son came to us from the psych ward after being there for like I think it was like nine months and so 
all of that was to say it is really, really hard, but I also don't want to scare people who are interested in foster care because it's so <laughs> amazing for so many reasons. And you don't yeah. have to jump in and try like specialized care from the get go. That could be something that maybe you feel led to do like later on as you get more experience. That's how it worked for us. Mm-hmm. And I still think we're a little bit crazy for doing it, but we're doing our best. <laughs> um, yeah. Bless you guys. I'm going to pray for you guys. <laughs> that's we'll a lot it. like to have times three you know like that is a huge undertaking so I'd imagine there'd be a lot of feelings and calls with that (laughs) yes yes tons of feelings I definitely think every day is a roller coaster of emotions Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it does feel like every day we take about five steps forward ten steps back Mm -hmm. and in the long run you know we're moving forward we are but it Mm -hmm. just feels like very slow And our children all have therapy in the home every week. That's part of specialized care, which is really, really good. Um, But our our son's therapist, our oldest one, his therapist drew me a pie chart the other day showing me the number. He's 13, and she broke it down into months, which I, whatever, 13 times 12, I'm terrible at math. She (laughs) broke the pie chart down into months of his life and then showed us the seven months he's been with us. And it was just like such a good visual reminder that – how he was raised and all that he's been through isn't going to change overnight that in the Mm -hmm. grand scheme of things, even those seven months has felt like long, like, Oh, he shouldn't be still saying these things or doing these things. He's been with us for seven months. He knows we're not going to like pull the plug on him. Like, come on, you should be like, get it together by now. She reminded us that in the grand scheme of things and with that pie chart visual that like, it's actually been such a short amount of time. And so I'm really grateful that we have people in our life like that through our agency who are so helpful because I'm not going to lie, like at least once a day, I want to quit. That's that's the honest truth. Once a day. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And have you, have you been doing specialized care like for quite a while now, or is that something new? Um, so we switched over three placements ago. So prior to the boys, but they were all shorter term. And so no, our experience in the specialized world is still very new. And I do think that there might be a chance that we need to say like, Hey, this is depends on how things shape, uh, shake out with our current reality. But Mm -hmm. I definitely could see us going back to traditional care for a time. Um, not that it's yeah. any, it's none of it's easy, but mm-hmm. there is um, some major differences. And I think that it would probably be better for us. I think it was maybe a bit ambitious to step into specialized care. And yeah, I, I, I don't know for sure, but yeah. um, we're still new to the specialized, yeah. like, you know, so we're, we're figuring it out. Yeah. And for those people, um, just for our listeners and people who aren't foster parents, do you just have any advice for them of something maybe that you want them to know about foster parents that they might not because they don't have, they haven't been through it or something that maybe people say were like in their mind, they're, they think like they're speaking kindly or like giving wisdom when in reality, like it's offensive to you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, totally. Oh, gosh, there's so many things that I could bring up. I think the most common one we all hear about, and you'll see if you follow like the hashtag foster care on Instagram, you'll see this a lot. We as foster parents, all of us want people to know like 
if you say, oh, I could never do that, I'd get too attached. Yes, we all would. Like, I'm not some monster. I'm not, like, cold-hearted. Like, it's not easy for me to, like, take in a child, love a kid like they like they were in my womb for nine months, right. and then just hand them back over to someone. It's not easy. And I do get too attached, and I believe it's really powerful. But, yeah, I would just say, like, cut the comment of, like, oh, I could never do that. I'd get too attached. It drives me insane. Mm. I hate that comment so much because I, for me, I'm just, I look at them every single time. I I mean, I've looked at random people. I've looked at friends who've said it. I've looked Mm -hmm. at family members (laughs) who've said it. And I literally like, yeah, me too. Like it hurts, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to step up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just to keep it real with that. But I think I just wish in general, it's less of what people say, more of what they do. I have had people who have given me like their unsolicited parenting advice who've never fostered. And I get it. Like Mm. you're a parent. You think like mom, mom, you wanted to give me some advice. But when I hear a mom of her biological children tell me that I'm coddling my child and I'm being like, I should actually like be a little firmer and I'm babying this child. I just want to be like, you don't know. You aren't raising a child, one, who isn't yours and two, who hasn't endured trauma. And so I just think like if you haven't fostered, it's definitely better for you to just not say more than speak. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe like Mm -hmm. watch how you say things and what you say, because truly it is so different. I have yet to raise biological children. I would never give someone advice on like, oh, you're about to like have your baby. Like, oh, get ready for this. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that (laughs) I only know what it's like to raise children who come from trauma. And it's really freaking hard, you know. So, yeah, that's that's it for me. And I'm sorry. Again, if you hear crying in the background, I hear one of my. I've been crying upstairs, so it's it's a whole thing. That is real life. It is real life. Mm -hmm. So on your website, you talk about the Peel the Orange course. So Mm -hmm. what is the course? And if someone's interested, how would they sign up for that? Yeah, I love talking about Peel the Orange. Peel the Orange is an online relationship course that my husband and I created. It is a four-week course that really is an investment for couples who want to peel back the layers in their relationship so they can experience the fruit of it. Um, so that was a little yeah. play on words with Peel the Orange. It just came yeah. to me one day after we created and recorded the course. So basically what we did is my husband and I have been in marriage counseling for, I mean, we did premarital counseling and we've really just never not gone to counseling since we've been married. We only go once a month. So it's not like we're in there a lot, but it's just an intentional effort that we feel like is so good for us. And we've grown a lot because of it. And we've had marriage mentors and our pastors speak um, so much wisdom into our relationship that we were like, you know, what if we could put kind of all that we've been learning into one place and offer it to people, Mm. especially because in the world that I do life and work in, I had so many women who were like, oh my gosh, like I would love to try counseling, but my husband or my boyfriend or my fiance, like it's just really not interested in it. Or there's still like, you know, a lot of the negative stigmas around counseling. And so my husband was like, well, what if we created it so that they could do it from their own home, like the comfort of their own couch? And I was like, that's such a good idea. So together we, I have a teaching background. I went to college to be a teacher. I taught for four years. That's a little bit of my background. So we took like my teaching background, our love for um, just people, but specifically to see couples like grow and heal and be unified because we went through some really hard struggles in the beginning of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um faith-based and and just not being aligned in certain things and things coming up for us as individuals that impacted our marriage that we 
just didn't think were going to happen. And and I got married yeah. young. I was 23. And so like things have oh. come up that I just mm-hmm. didn't expect to come up. Right. So we, this course is everything from getting, it really just guides couples. So it's a video and a dis, and different discussion questions with like a workbook all oh. online every single day, five days a week for four weeks straight, but you can take it at your own pace. So you don't have to do it like that. We've had couples who've done it like over the course of 12 weeks and like stretched it out because I get it five days a week for four weeks straight is a lot. Um, but Mm -hmm. the topics like we do like intimacy, both physical and emotional intimacy, we do like connectedness and oneness, um, Really like we and then we don't shy away from hard topics like we talk about pornography and really we don't tell you like here's what we believe and here's what you need to believe. We just tell you some things about our own relationship and ways that it's been impacted by various things. And then the discussion questions help prompt and guide your conversation so that you can get on the same page with your partner about you know, where do you stand on things? You know, maybe you know everything from finance just to faith to children to yeah, sexual intimacy, things like that. And so we just love, we're like a real open book kind of couple. So it was so fun for us to create. And the amount of people who have said like their life has changed because of it is, or their marriage was changed because of it is just really, really cool. So we see it as sort of a stepping stone into counseling for a lot of people. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm going to have to look into that and give it to Jake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We are running our final session of 2019. We open it up um, about four times a year and we intentionally like also reach out via email to all the couples that are in it. And we like connect with them if they want to FaceTime one night. We do like a FaceTime session, too, because you get you get plenty of us on FaceTime and all of that. But we are willing to like get kind of like lean in um, and do more of life with you while you're in the course enrolled as a student. And so people gotcha. totally take advantage of that. And sometimes they don't. And that's totally fine, too. Yeah. OK, so you enroll at certain times. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on my website. I keep I share about it on my social stuff like that. All right. Awesome. So something else that you have created is a 30-day devotional called Space. And so, and I know I told you before we started recording that um, I got this a few weeks ago and I'm loving it. Um, I just find like, and what I was telling you that I'll tell our listeners is it's a devotional that I don't feel like exhausted or overwhelmed after doing it like I don't feel like it requires a lot you know like I don't feel like it's a huge time commitment I feel like if I miss a day for whatever reason it's okay like you know I don't feel like pressured we're like oh I didn't do it you know but like and even though it's all about space everything's just some things are a little different so can you just kind of tell like what made you want to create this devotional and kind of what's the takeaway like if someone were to purchase it like what would you say, like, or your hope that they might take away from doing it? Yeah, sure. I so the backstory of space is that I grew up in an ultra productive home. My entire life was um, my mom lovingly and well intentioned enrolling me in every extracurricular activity. Like I was in everything: piano, gymnastics, Bible quiz, mm-hmm. this, that. Like I, from a young age, just was pretty like go, 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 um, not stopping for anything, eating meals on the go, like 
just everything was move, 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 go, go, go. And that continued through college for me. Um, I didn't even know how to like rest or take a break. I actually got really judgy and looked at my roommates when they took naps and I was like, oh my gosh, they're so lazy. Like I, I just, and my whole identity and worth was tied to like what I could achieve and what I could do. And like, I, I even put this on the back of the space devotional. If you go to Amazon and order, you'll, you'll read this on the back description of the book. But like, I even had a, I was double majoring for college, running on the track team on scholarship working as a waitress, working as a nanny. And then that wasn't enough. I picked up a graveyard shift stocking store shelves at Ulta because I filled every bit of my life. And to be honest, like it was really sad because I didn't have any space. I didn't know how to rest. I don't have like a ton of fun or great memories when I look back on college because I worked and hustled my way through it and didn't allow myself to enjoy the time. And I viewed like napping or things like that is really lazy. And so it's just whole things. That's the backstory. So then carry that into my adult life. When I did naturally begin to have some space, I got really anxious. Like I was so anxious that I got on medication. I like didn't know what to do. Like I almost felt like, Oh my gosh, I don't have somewhere to be. I don't have anything to do. Like I couldn't relax. I was like, I felt like that was a bad thing and I didn't really know. And so for me, it was a journey first with medication. And also in addition to our marriage counseling, I love my individual counselor. And um, that was something that I implemented in my life. But between those conversations and just becoming more aware to maybe why I was the way that I am and, you know, all of that stuff. It yeah. wants me to really take it up with God and to start being like, okay, God, like, what do you have for me in this? Like, and I, I, so it's kind of complex and hard to explain. It's real abstract because it truly was like a supernatural thing. But I feel like um, it was very clear. I was out on a run in 2018 in the summer, so not that long ago. Yeah. And wow. I felt like God was like, you need to create space. Like, it was so clear. And nothing, Mm. it it wasn't an audible voice, but it was just very, that's just what came to me. And it was very, very, and I was like, okay, I have to create space. And I just, I stopped and I like sobbed in the middle of this run on like a hot, sweaty day. And like, it wasn't even like, I tell people all the time, I had Cardi B in my ears. It was not like I was having this holy moment. I was like (laughs) listening to this ridiculous music. And I feel like God just like me in that moment was like, you are at the end of your rope. You need space. And so I actually went home and I told my husband, I'm supposed to create space. I don't know what this means. And he did. He kind of laughed at me because I was the girl. I was the woman who said yes to everything. I I did everything. I was everything for everyone. Like, go, go, go. That's just who became a big part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And thus began the journey of saying no and um, cutting things and people from my life and really uh, looking at, I began to study specifically the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the way that Jesus lived. And I tried not to overlook the details that I feel like we don't think about. So I quickly picked up, like, oh my gosh, Jesus was relaxed, yet Jesus was like highly in demand. Okay, how did this work? And I began to right. like study this. And so throughout that whole journey, I just started writing what I didn't know was a devotional, but what ended up being the space devotional. So, mm-hmm. so like, it was never this strategic thing of like, oh, I'm a writer. I should write a devotional. It, it wasn't that. I wish I could say it was, but it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. totally this organic evolving of what God was doing in my life. And as a result of space, like I could say a million things are better um, 
and and it is true and I wanted that for everyone else and so it did turn into the devotional and um, it's on Amazon and it's been really, really neat to be able to lead workshops on this for women. I love doing that. I've gotten to travel to a few different cities and lead um, oh, awesome. one, one day workshops. So yeah, it's been so cool. And I hope that the takeaway for people, if they do it, is that they will actually experience transformation in their life so that they will actually know how to say no. If they're a woman who is a people pleaser, who's never known how to say no, um, like, like I would want that to be her takeaway or, yeah transformation in the sense of also because this social is not just for people who are busy it's also for if you're bored if you don't because there's it's one thing to create space it's another thing to use your space well Mm -hmm. and so I want women to you know instead of numbing out by scrolling on social media or whatever the ways that we different ways that we check out to do things that are checking in on their soul it's really about their caring for their soul and and using their space well and to serve others it's not like I always say the space used well isn't selfish. So that would be some of the takeaways yeah. that I hope people would receive if they go through it. I love that. So many of those like reminders that we all need mm-hmm. to hear some, so many times like, oh, that's great. Yeah. So you also have some, a few phrases and hashtags that you like using get too attached and, and pressing is exhausting. So can you share with us like what made you think <laughs> of those sayings and um, what made you want to take it a step further and create things for people to buy and wear that have those phrases on them? Totally. Uh, I think I kind of referred to the get too attached earlier. Right. I, I believe not only that if you fear that you'll get too attached, that's what would make you a great foster parent. But also for me, that that saying sort of has a double meaning. It also means you're not just getting attached to this cute kid that you have with you. Um, gr- most of the kids are cute. That's why I say that. But um, <laughs> that, you, that you are willing to get too attached with, to the whole family for the long haul so that your job isn't just to foster this cute kid, but that your job is to rally around a whole family, that your job is to sustain communication to the best of your ability as that child leaves your care. And so getting too attached is about so much more like the best example I could give in real time is yesterday. I spent the whole day with one of our former kiddos who was 17 when she was with us. She's now turning 19 next week and wow. I got her enrolled or sorry, I shouldn't say I got her. I helped assist her in her FAFSA applications and everything. She's going to be going to a community college right by where I live. Oh, and she so cool. is it's just been so cool to truly get to attach to her to say your business is my business. I am. I may not be legally your mom. Um, I actually was never legally your mom. Like I was your right. foster mom, but like I am going to. I'm not just going to be like, oh, you're out of my house now. Like, good luck. Like, I'm going to stay in your life and I'm going to be um, there for you. And so that's what that's part of what getting to attack yeah. and where that phrase come from. And then impressing is exhausting. Oh, my goodness. So there's so much I could say about this. I think impressing is exhausting came to me when I just finally initially it came to me because I had just gotten to the place where I was like, you know what? Impressing is exhausting. I am done caring about what I look like and how people perceive me and oh this is just exhausting like I can't do it right it it starts there it was pretty surfacey which is not a bad thing even even that I think is relatable for many of us but then it's like grown and evolved into this deeper meaning for me that I'm like you know what impressing is exhausting yeah the whole like appearance thing is real and the perception thing is real but but really it's I wasn't created to strive to be good. Like, I think my whole relationship with God, I was 
really like what could, it was all about like, what could I do for God or how can I be good in the eyes of God and in the eyes of other people? And I've come to this place where I truly at my core believe that we are good. We're already good. And we are good because we're made in the image of God and God's goodness is innately in us. And just living from a place of that freedom and bringing things into the light and saying like, I don't have my crap together and that's okay. And so, yeah, I feel like impressing is exhausting has really been this mantra that I bring myself back to when I realize that either I'm not being who God created me to be, or I am, um, if I notice I'm exhausted, I look at who am I living for? Who am I trying to impress? What, what are the motivations behind what I'm saying, what I'm doing, what I'm feeling, all of that, and really taking it to a deeper, like soul level. Once again, going back to that soul piece, going back to that soul level, um, and questioning myself. And so mm. those are the, those are definitely two of my favorite things to say. I say them a lot. Yeah. Thank you. And I love the sweatshirts online. They're so cute. Thank you. Yeah. I loved creating. I love. Um, creating merchandise and just different things. One, when I speak, it's fun to offer something for people who maybe have a moment during that event or when I'm speaking and it really hits them in some way. We have like coffee mugs and sweatshirts and whatever, like that's fun. But also it's such a great conversation starter. I think my get to attach sweatshirt gets the most like, huh? What are you talking about? Like I was at the airport the other day and I had this, this girl um, at security who was like, get to attach. I don't need no man. And I was like, actually, it's not about a man or or something. It's actually about my foster children. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. And so we started talking, and that was great. And then people stop me all the time, or, like, they'll read Impressions and they'll be like, oh, amen. That is so, like, people, anyone, guys and girls alike, it's it's just really cool. It creates um, a sense of, like, solidarity or camaraderie. It's, It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's funny that she thought it was like about a man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's like, nope, not that. Mm. Oh, that's so funny. Um, So do you, as far as like your shop, do you, are there any plans in the future to add any new items to your shop or are you just kind of keeping it with what you got for now? Yeah. I mean, we'll always be adding new things, whether it's new styles or colors, but we are looking to be adding, we're actually in the final stages. So I'm hoping to launch them like really soon so that they're in time for people to purchase before the holidays. But um, a journal that Mm. I would be able to give um, if they want to join a private Facebook group, once they purchase the journal, I would be doing like prompts in there um, and like kind of guiding people through it. Cause a lot of people I know like want to be a journaler, but start and like three days in they like can't sustain it and so um there's a lot that I would love to do there and those prompts would probably have to do a lot with soul level stuff and like really getting below the surface to know yourself and to to have someone hold up a mirror for you and for you to see yourself more clearly so definitely a really sweet journal uh otherwise I'm not sure we have anything else um I don't know, maybe some candles at some point. We'll see. It's, yeah. it's been fun, but I'm also very financially um, uh, just conscious. I am really not uh, trying to, I don't know, like I don't see myself opening some brick and mortar ever. And so I'm like, okay, like let's make sure I stick to the heart of why I started this and right. don't get too mm-hmm. crazy. With, like, I don't know, I'm not out to just like make a bunch of money. I, right. I don't want people to just consume, consume, consume. So yeah. I'm trying to be really conscious of what I bring in and why I bring it in. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the sweatshirts are perfect for the fall and winter now that it's getting cold. 
<laughs> and where are you guys at? Where are you located? We're in Indiana. So yeah. our our weather is kind of up and down all the time crazy, but it's starting to get pretty cold. Okay. Like it's supposed which, to snow on Halloween. Yeah. <gasps> Wait, which part of Indiana are y'all from? We're from like Indianapolis area. So okay. Noblesville and Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Central. was just there. Yeah. I was speaking at Indie Flourish on a panel oh. like two weeks ago. So yeah, I love it. I'm from South Bend originally. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, Go I'm from Goshen. Cool. Oh, I was born in Goshen. What? Stop it. Yeah, what? I was born in oh, Goshen. <laughs> no. Yeah. What? So ironic. Yep. That is ironic. Oh. You guys lived right next door to each yeah, other. Didn't even we know. Probably. That. And so how long? <laughs> how long were you in Goshen for? Oh, I think I was just born there. And then I grew oh, okay. up, like, I grew up in, like, the, um, I went to Penn High School, so okay. Granger, South Bend area, yeah, okay. so, yeah. So funny, what a small world. It's a small it really world. is. Ah. Well, so, looking ahead to the rest of this year and getting ready for 2020, what are some of the goals you have, like, personal goals, professional goals that you, that you've started to think about? Hmm. I love this question. I love goals and intentions. I feel like personally, um, oh goodness. Well, personally, something I'm working on is gossiping. I feel like just to cut right in, I feel like I, I don't view myself as a gossiper, but it's something I've continued to feel like convicted about and just not even gossiping to the point of like what I say to another person, but really even in my thoughts, like I really want to Um, just eliminate judgmental and negative thinking and speaking of anyone else. Um, I really try to have an abundance mindset and not live in scarcity. So like cheering people on that are maybe moving ahead faster than me or are getting certain dreams and hitting certain milestones, like just really trying to celebrate them authentically and not get caught up in, well, what does that mean for me? Like as if it doesn't, as if it means anything for me, it doesn't. Like, I don't know why we live. I know I'm not the only one who, you know, we yeah. see someone get something or achieve something. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what does that mean for me? Like, to, is there no room for me? And it's not the case at all. So that's all right. definitely a personal thing that I haven't decided yet what my New Year's resolutions will be. But I'm certainly not going to give up Oreos. Anyone who knows me and follows me knows <laughs> I love Oreos. So those will not be going away. I uh, saw that. Do you have a favorite flavor? I actually just prefer the classic, but you know what I am, I'm really into right now is the thins. I love. Oh, the yeah. So I am, according to some Oreo lovers, like a total just crazy person because I don't like, I mean, I'll do double stuff, but beyond double stuff, I think is gross. I do not like to make a stuff or anything. Yeah. Like, it's just too much. Have you ever Why? had the birthday cake Oreos? Yes. Those, those are, are my favorite. Good. Oh, those are good. I love the mint ones too. If yes. you're in yeah. like chocolate mint. So <laughs> yeah. And then professionally, um, I'm writing a book. So I'm working oh. with Zondervan and I'm, uh, my manuscript okay. is due at the beginning of 2020. So right now I'm just finishing the writing of the book and then my editor will, I'm sure take me, you know, on a long journey of, of really um, making the writing better and getting my points across more clearly. And so I'm just awesome. really excited for that. So that's definitely a professional goal is, um, in 2020, the book will be complete. It'll release in February of 2021, which feels far away, but also feels very close for me. So I don't yeah. know. Um, 
That's so Definitely cool. a professional goal. And just more speaking engagements. I really have enjoyed speaking. I've gotten more comfortable with it. So I am hoping to have more um, bookings for 2020. Awesome. Mm. we got a lot of cool plans up ahead. We can't wait to support you. And I wish I would have known you were going to be near here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That would have been cool. so cool. If you don't know about Indie Flourish, I believe it's an annual women's event that these two – um, Carmel, Fishers, Indy, wherever around that area, they, um, these two women from those areas put it on together. And this was the second one and it was so phenomenal. I really enjoyed it being a part of it. So you'll have to look out for their 2021. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and then just to wrap everything up and we're so grateful, um, just for your honesty and just for speaking everything, um, and sharing. So what's something, Manda, that you do just after a long day? or a long week of, you know, after you with your foster kiddos and your husband, like what's something you do for yourself just to take care of you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like learning to live with space has taught me this, that um, sometimes I treat myself to a meal alone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I I love eating a meal alone. Anyone who has kids, I feel like loves it. You have to share all the time and I'd rather not. So (laughs) um, I love that. I go to a coffee shop and bring a book and order my iced caramel macchiato. And I sit there and I sip on my drink and I read. I love working out. I love, I teach yoga two days a week. That's another thing that I do. Um, Oh, it's just, I can't think. So, like, even this week, I don't even know what day it is. It's only Tuesday. Okay. Well, that's, I know. That's, that's, I thought thinking it was it Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and right now, the Chicago Public School teachers are all on strike. So, my kids have been out of school mm. and home with me for over two weeks. And so, oh and we God. love our teachers. Yeah. We stand with our teachers. But as a parent, it's definitely been really difficult. And, you know, we're hopeful that they can resolve everything and get yeah. our kids back to school. But until then, I'm stuck with them. And so, it's felt like every day feels like a long day right now. Yeah. And. I think one of the things that's helped me is my husband is really good at like asking me like what I need from him or what I want. And so sometimes that's like, Hey, I just want to sit next to you and watch a show and just like veg out. Sometimes that's, Hey, I want to open a bottle of wine. I want to sit down and I want to talk through these questions. We are big question people. I actually create resources and these are on my Instagram. If people yes, want them. I saw that. Yeah. So like a hundred questions to ask yourself. Yeah. Friend. Um, in our Peel the Orange course, there's we tell um, our students there are three questions we ask each other every Sunday we walk through. And so even that, sometimes it's like a checking in gives me the exhale that I need from a long yeah. day or a long week. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And what, real quick, this is now really my final question, because you <laughs> said, like, watch a show. Like, is there a show you guys always watch together or something that okay. I really like? <laughs> Yeah, we are not huge TV people, I think, because we choose to spend our time and space a little differently. But we yeah. are currently watching Shameless, which okay. is, I, I'm like yeah. laughing because if you've seen Shameless, it can be raunchy, it can be crazy, but we <laughs> love it. It's, um, it's really funny to me because, again, I told you guys I had a bit of a dysfunctional childhood. So a lot of the beginning scenes in the first few seasons of Shameless remind me of my childhood. And I'm like, okay. This is not that crazy to me, but my husband is sitting there going like, oh my gosh, this is so not real. And I'm like, no, that's real. That happens. That's, that's not like, yeah. So it's just, it's funny. We really like it. Um, 
but yeah, we, I can't say that we watch a ton of TV because we have not created space for that, which is not a bad thing. I think, um, yeah, you know, there are times in our life where we, we can do that. And other times where I'm like, okay, if we, if we do say yes to Netflix, we're saying no to our sex life. And that's also not good. So like, <laughs> you're so like, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to balance it and figure it out. Certainly yeah. not perfect, but we're figuring it out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Manda, for, you know, spending time with us tonight and sharing your story and giving us resources to better our relationships and creating space in our lives. Um, for our listeners, can you share how they can kind of get in touch with you and follow you on social yeah. media or where they can find your devotional? Totally. Yep. You can find my devotional on Amazon if you just search space, 30 day devotional, Amanda Carpenter, any of those like keywords. Yeah. You can um, subscribe to my email newsletter either by going to www.mandacarpenter.com. There's like a pop-up box you can subscribe or on my Instagram, which is just at Manda Carpenter. Um, you can click the link in bio. And I think right now it says sign up for my Tuesday letters. That would be subscribing. Um, I send out a letter every Tuesday. I'm doing that as an experiment for one year. Um, my 15th letter will, 15th Tuesday letter will go out next week. And so, um, people have really been enjoying those. And that's been really fun for me as I just practice consistently writing and putting myself out there, even if I don't feel like I have something profound to say. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much, I pretty much hang out on Instagram or my email. So those are the two main places and space on Amazon. Awesome. Yes. And I encourage everyone to go get that space Devo. I really, really like it. And I'm really excited that you're writing a book. So we'll definitely look forward to reading that when it comes out. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Amanda. Well, have a good night. Hopefully your kids can go to bed. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Running yeah. around. <laughs> Thank you. It was great chatting with you. Right, Thanks. Thanks. You too. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.